The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. It's a beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday, March 24th, 2023. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7 for the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Carter, happy Friday, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and man, just what a beautiful beautiful day again here in Auburn yeah and I'm just bummed that apparently it's not gonna happen tomorrow no it's supposed to be well it's supposed to rain like all morning and then supposed to be nicer in the afternoon maybe but by that time basketball's on so priorities right I mean and if it just pours down rain all morning you can't go play golf in the afternoons because the courses will be probably just soaked and so and it's supposed to rain all day Sunday. So enjoy the weather today because it's not supposed to be nice this weekend with uh, thunderstorms, according to my weather app. But again, don't use me as your weatherman. Do what you want to do. But hope you're doing well on this Friday and uh, hopefully have some great weekend plans with uh, basketball going on this weekend. And we're going to talk about last night's games in the Sweet 16 because, man, they were fantastic three out of four of them anyway and we'll talk about the results from those what it means moving forward we'll talk about the games coming up tonight in the sweet 16 where we can only hope that they are as good as what we got to see last night in the ncaa tournament so We'll talk about those coming up in just a few minutes. We'll also talk some news about Auburn football as they have a scrimmage today. They also picked up a big-time commitment in 2024. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some of the guys that are in on Auburn that really, really like Auburn, and that includes a five-star wide receiver. So we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit as well. And that's what's on tap for the show today. Basketball and football all show long, and it's Friday. You know what that means. The phone lines are open all show long give us a call we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 that's the number to put you through to us 334-321-1390 you can also tweet at us at ESPN 1067 tweet your comments questions concerns at ESPN 1067 we'll answer anything on there as well but this is where we'll start is basketball because man last night was phenomenal in the sweet 16 Three out of four games were a lot of fun. The one game that I thought was going to be good was terrible, and it is what it is, but the other three games made up for it, man. How about last night in the Sweet Mm -hmm. 16, Carter? Yeah, man. I mean, it was. we got three great games, one just painfully awful performance by Arkansas, Uh, but the, tell you what, the two games I said would be had me the most excited turned out to be the best two games of the night. And despite our listeners picking uh, Michigan State, Kansas State as the last game that they were excited for, it may have been the best. Yeah. I, here's a question for you. 
is the Michigan State-Kansas State game better, or is the Gonzaga-UCLA game with just the chaos of that game better? Well, <laughs> well, that's a good question. I know your opinion because yes. you want Gonzaga <laughs> to lose because you've been you've built a, a a mansion on the hill that Gonzaga's overrated. Uh, but they obviously won that game last night. But they really tried in the last minute to give it away after yes. UCLA tried to give it away the entire second half. Oh, unbelievable! I think from start to finish. The Michigan State-Kansas State game was better because it was back and forth, yes. back and forth. No team got up by more than like five, and then the other team would go back down, hit back-to-back shots, and it would be a tie game again. And look, this thing, this was so much fun, this Michigan State-Kansas State game. It came down to the absolute wire, went into overtime. Carter, we learned this during, or once overtime started, this was the first game of the entire NCAA tournament this year that had gone to overtime. Yeah, how about that? Isn't that crazy? With the amount of games that are played, you would expect one of them to go to overtime. And especially with all of the, just how close a lot of games are and the upsets, like you would think a game would have gone to overtime, but this was the first one, Kansas State taking down Michigan State 98-93. to And Noel from Kansas State, he is a basketball player man he is so good he broke the NCAA tournament record single game record for assists in a game had 20 points 19 assists unbelievable yeah unbelievable the best I think it's being considered the best point guard performance in NCAA tournament history I think Bruce went on the radio in Atlanta this morning and said that um it was a great performance and he's been unbelievable in this postseason, that's his second game with 14-plus assists in this tournament. The other one, he had 27. Uh, but 20 points, 19 assists is pretty daggum spectacular. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I do just wonder what the heck's going through his mind when he's just ripping um, <laughs> ripping from the logo. From the logo. Full possession. No hesitation, dude. He just stepped up and said, eh. Let's go for it. And he missed it, and then he said, you know what? Let's try that again. (laughs) I mean, just has no hesitation, and you love confidence from your point guard, but, man, those are some risky shots. But he had a heck of a performance last night. I mean, he went out there and got some steals, too. I mean, he had five five steals. Uh, We we can kind of, I guess, discuss on whether that last one's a block or not because you can talk about, well, is Tyson Walker shooting that? I think he's trying to, and I guess he didn't get into the shooting motion yet, and yeah. so I guess it is a steal. But The final play was a disaster. Yeah. I mean, if you're Tom Izzo, there are four different moments on that play. You and I talked about it. We were watching the games together. Um, four different moments where I thought Michigan State could have at least gotten a shot off. Two of them would have been pretty good looks uh, on the pass to... Was it, I think it was Hauser got at least one of the looks, but um, Tyson Walker on the inbounds pass should have been able to rip it there if he wanted to. He makes a pass. I thought there could have been a shot there. Pass to Hauser, thought it could have happened there. Then it goes back to Walker. I thought he had a chance to shoot it there. Instead, he tries to make a little bit of a move, and by the time he tries to go up, he's getting his pocket picked by Marquise Noel. Yeah. A guy who. Looked like he hurt his ankle to a point that he was not going to be able to play in that game. Was like barely putting weight on it and came back and just battled and carried that Kansas State team 
to a victory. I bet that ankle is swollen today, buddy, because every time they had a timeout, he was over there taking his shoe off and they were rewrapping it. I mean, every single time. And there was a point where he could barely play defense because he couldn't keep up with somebody if they made a, a hard cut. But yet, he comes back into the game. And yeah, that final play for Michigan State last night, if you're Michigan State and Tom Izzo, you're just you're kicking yourself because you didn't give yourself a chance. And that's what I told you last night was in this scenario, you have a chance to put points on the board and tie this thing up, get the lead, whatever it may be, and you don't even get a shot off. And that's the worst possible way to lose <laughs> is by not even getting a shot Agreed. off to not even give yourself a chance. Like yep. That's a horrible way to lose, especially in the Sweet 16. But what a game this was last night. 98-93 in overtime. Kansas State defeats Michigan State and sends Mr. March, Tom Izzo, home. Then... What in the world happened to Arkansas last night? UConn came in and took them out of the game just like that. And 88-65, UConn was up, never looked back. This thing was not competitive from the first, start. First eight minutes were decently competitive. It was 20-17. to 17. And then Arkansas goes, I believe, um, five, almost five minutes without scoring. And in that time period, UConn started to separate. And then they opened the second half. Arkansas does it again, and you can't do that against this UConn team. This UConn team got all the way up to number two in the country this year for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're really, really good, and if they shoot 45% from three and shoot 57% from the field because they were bullying that Arkansas team, they're going to win the national championship if they shoot like that. Yeah, and the problem with you, with uh, Arkansas last night was they could not stop UConn. Like, Arkansas was getting some points here and there, but they gave up 46 points in the first half, 42 in the second half. Like, Arkansas on the defensive end, they had no answers. They were undersized. I told you that Arkansas is a pretty balanced team height-wise. Like, the point guards are pretty tall, but the centers are not extremely high, like I tall. Think, I think that's because of that injury we saw yes. to Brazil earlier yes. in the year. He is the big guy. Mm -hmm. He is the seven foot one center who has been out with the ACL injury all year. No doubt. And I think Arkansas is a more balanced height team. Like everybody's around that same height. UConn's got some seven footers. I mean, UConn has some guys that'll just tower over you in the lane and that's what they did they kept going to Sonogo who had a fantastic outing against the Razorbacks last night this was the only game that was not competitive really 88-65 UConn's moving on and Arkansas and Eric Musselman he had to keep his shirt on this time and they don't make an elite eight for the third time in a row how about this on the roster that actually plays and this includes Trayvon Burt Brazil the shortest player I mean he's obviously out with his ACL injury shortest player on the Arkansas roster that plays is six four. Wow, that is huge. And that's what I'm saying. Like they are a tall team, but Nick Smith is your second shortest player at six five. Jeez, but everybody's around that and area. Your, and your point guard six seven. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Auburn would dream to have a six seven point guard. Well, this game last night, not a whole lot of fun. <laughs> UConn took care of business, eighty eight to sixty five, sending Arkansas home. Then you get into an interesting one, a game where we weren't extremely excited about because we just didn't think FAU could run with Tennessee. The Owls proved otherwise. They take down the Vols 62-55, to and the problem was, Carter, 
Tennessee's offense is not good. They scored 55 points, and they're not good enough offensively to put teams away. They had every chance in the world to take this FAU team out of it, but Tennessee can't score enough points to separate themselves, and they let the Owls get hot late, and FAU's moving on to the Elite Eight. I mean, you saw an FAU team just get really, really hot there in the second half. And for a Tennessee, and this is kind of what we had talked about with this Tennessee team. The way they play, the way that they make games ugly, they're every bit capable of of really um, winning games and making with their physicality, uh, mucking it up, and just really making it an ugly time for everybody. And it's not maybe the most fun basketball to watch. But when somebody gets hot against them, they're not capable of scoring with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they score 27 points in the first half, 28 points in the second half. And if they don't have a little flurry at the very end, I mean, they're sitting right around 20. They're not a good offensive team. And you saw that FAU team get hot, score a bunch of points in the back half of that second half. And that's how they were able to come back and win. And that's this problem. And we've talked about it all year with this Tennessee team is they just don't have the offense to keep up with teams and put a team away or come back from a deficit. And that's what happened in this ballgame. And, Carter, you talk about the physicality of this Tennessee team. Maybe too physical at times where you saw Plaftich last night. He got called for a flagrant because they had to go back into the game a couple of plays and review it. And they found out, and they played the replay, that Plavchich straight up put somebody on their rear end because he went up and just body-checked somebody in the lane in transition. We were confused, and so was everybody else. They went to review a play last night, and it, they thought they got an elbow from Plavchich down low, and we were like, there was no contact the there. Play was n- there was nothing there. But we found out they went back a couple of plays. They didn't want to stop the game initially. They went back in time, and they said, yeah, this ain't football, buddy. They finally called Tennessee for their physicality it was horrible it was a terrible play he just turns he finds golden and (laughs) just launched with an elbow to the kind of chest upper chest neck area knocked him down yeah it was unbelievable and they they went back and they got him and it ended up being a, a big point in this second half where FAU again got some buckets and they take down Tennessee 62 to 55 we'll talk more about this and get to the phone lines when we come back give us a call we'd love to hear from you on a beautiful Friday here in Auburn. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Ed, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Doing good, right, Ed. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, listen. I'll, first off, on uh, on the running back out of mm-hmm. Andalusia, mm-hmm. Uh, man, isn't that a great pickup? Yes, you know, it is. Big, solid running back. Oh, it's a back you know, that I don't think we've seen at Auburn in a little bit. I mean, he is really, yeah. really big. I've heard he might he might be at like two thirty two right now. I've I've seen. I think yeah. maybe Keith Niebuhr had a post about that. Saying that he's about six foot two thirty two, which is huge for a running back. Yeah, I, I read and one one of the things I saw, you know, said six one or, or in two twenty five. But yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, and 
I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I was just going to mention, uh, I think, and y'all, I, I haven't looked it up or anything. I haven't Googled this, but it seems to me like uh, Hugh Freeze has already outpaced one and a half years or might as well call it two years of Brian Harson's recruiting as far as four stars. I, I don't think Harson got as many during his two years as what mm-hmm. uh, Hugh Freeze has been able to draw to Auburn. But I was going to go to basketball real quick. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, and we we look at all these things, you know, Auburn's recruiting basketball. Well, this kid can dunk from the free throw line. This kid can, you know, he can make highlight reels, you know, on on the, you know, trolling the 360. Uh there are a lot of things that you can and can't do with a kid once he gets to a school. Okay, mm-hmm. you can't make him taller. You can't make him. You know, you can make yeah. him stronger. You can improve, improve quickness and agility and stuff like. But, but the one thing that's fairly easy—I mean, easy—to do is is make him spend time and learn how to throw a simple, make a simple free throw. And yeah. I mean, that, if you look back at Auburn's season, that is definitely why they lost the last game. And to have a whole Agreed. team that the guys, uh, we, we missed what, 20? Uh, I, think it was, I think it was 17. I think it was 19 of 36, which conveniently uh, Auburn lost the game by 17. You know, I mean, I mean, really, it, it, they call it free throw for a reason, and, and we lost some other games this year because of free throw shooting. Yeah, and, and look, and, free throws you know, are very important in March, Ed. There's no doubt. I, I, and hey, instead of you know telling me how you know how many stars a guy you know has, tell me if he can shoot a freaking free throw. If he can't, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm not kidding. No, I, I get mean, it. it. I get it. Ridiculous. I mean, it really has. It, it, it's this isn't uh, your kids should be able to, and of course we need a three point shooter, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, uh, do y'all feel fairly certain that the Caleb Holt guy is going to wind up at Auburn, or, hmm. um, or what do you think he's going to wind? Uh, no, I, I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say, Falon. You know, for next year. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, Phylon is in the twenty four class, so he's still got another year yeah. of high school. Um, yeah. Right now, the only the only addition for the twenty three twenty four season that we know of is the is Aiden Holloway. Uh, there, I know that Auburn's contacted a fair amount of guys in the portal. Um, uh-huh. I think a very popular one that you're going to see is uh, Denver Jones at Florida International from Newmarket, Alabama. Who uh, hmm. played a couple years there? He's twenty point one points per game last year. Yeah, three point eight rebounds, two assists, thirty seven percent from three, and uh, eighty eighty four and a half percent at the free throw line. Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty popular guy in the portal for Auburn uh, at six four at that kind of two guard position. I think that's one that Auburn's uh, been very active reaching out to guys in the portal. I think well, that you. Let me, go ahead. Uh, I think you'll see his name pop up. We've already seen 
Quincy Olivari at um, Rice. His name has popped up uh, as a guy who shoots, again, 36.4% from, from deep, 18.7 points um, in his conference, 5.9 rebounds and 2.2 assists. Another kind of two-guardish looking player. Yeah, uh, well, okay, but, um, you know, to me, Ballon is it, he's the kind of kid that Auburn really, you know, a, a big point guard, six mm-hmm. four, whatever. And but, uh, but uh, if you ever check on this, you know, this, uh, Mr. Basketball or whatever is about to be announced, and you know, he's going to be possible for, you know, the only for getting a repeat. Has anybody ever won it three times? For the state of Alabama, I don't know. I don't know. I, we'll have to we'll have to look that up and I mean, see. He could next year, couldn't he? If he played, I mean, if he well, ever- so I think he can. I don't think he won it last year. It looks like uh, from looking yeah, it up. He did win it last year. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the page right here, and I see Barry Dunning Jr. Uh, okay. may have won it last year, and I'm. Uh, I think he could well, win it this I year. He could win it his done. senior year, which he'd be uh, first player to do that. I mean. He'd join a list of like J.D. Davison, uh, John Petty, Trenton Watford as people to do that. I mean, I guess you, you've had three people do it in a row, back-to-back right there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it'd be, it'd be impressive for sure. Well, I, I, I'm not have Mr. Basketball wrong, but there was an article in today's paper and been in the AL.com for the mm-hmm. last couple of days that he, he's got a chance to be one of the only uh, uh, repeating like the top honor in basketball at the uh, the award banquet coming mm-hmm. up, and uh, and he's got a chance, and he'll be a junior next year. So I might have the Mister Basketball thing wrong, but there's some award that he won last year as a sophomore that he's up for with uh, two other kids this year. I think he I think just of- won. It looks like a couple weeks or a week ago, he won uh, Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. I see that. Um, yeah, and I, I think that might be two times in a row. But there's something else. It's, I think it's upcoming, but I, I, I don't have my paper. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have the page open up in, on my computer right now. But it's something that's coming up, and there's there's, you know, it's an, some kind kind of awards coming up, and he'll be a, he'll be. A, I think he might be, you know, among several that have won two, but they didn't say if anyone had ever won. Three, you know, and and you know, but mm-hmm. I just I didn't know if y'all knew or could check on. I'm sure y'all can check on it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what we can find. But yeah, I mean, no any way. any of those awards that you can win once, twice, or or possibly three times. I mean, that's that's very very special. With given the talent that uh, is in the state and just how many players yeah. there are, there's no doubt that's extremely extremely talented. Yeah, and even qualify is quite an honor. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks, thanks a lot. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate the call, Ed. That is Ed joining us on the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. We're going to talk football coming up uh, after this upcoming break at 2.30. We'll talk all things Auburn football with the commitment of, of a running back today. Uh, we'll talk about that and uh, what that means for Auburn. So, Ed, we appreciate you bringing that up. We are going to talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. I think the award that Ed is talking about is 7A Player of the Year. Uh, he gotcha. won it last year. He's one of three finalists this year. I can't imagine he's not going to win it because he averaged like 37, 38 points yeah. a game yeah. this year. It's ridiculous. Uh, he is one of three players with Wynn Miller at Vestavia Hills and Jacoby Hill at Central Phoenix City. 
uh, for the finalists for that. Gatorade Player of the Year, I think Barry Dunning also won that mm-hmm. last year. He won it two years in a row. Well, there's so uh, many of those different awards anyway, but I mean, they're all they're all important. They're all special. I mean, like I was telling him, I mean, if you if you qualify for any of those, I mean, you're you're special for sure. Yeah, I think uh, Phylon might be the only 2022 winner with a chance at his in his class with a chance to. Uh, repeat the following year that's awesome. what I'm looking at interesting that's fantastic well I think he's a guy that would no doubt make Auburn better and would be a huge addition for Bruce Pearl in this roster whatever it'll look like when he shows up it, it'll be a little bit before he gets here uh, but yeah I mean I think I think a guy like him is what Auburn needs and and the guys that Bruce is going after and already has gotten should excite Auburn fans and as I mentioned, Bruce is very active in the portal right now. I mean, you continue to see guys that have, or, or you know, you see reports that somebody has been reached out to by so-and-so school, so-and-so yeah. school, Auburn, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, Bruce has reached out to a lot of people so far, and I promise and he's... has room to add. I think they're going to have yeah. more room to add. Yeah, well. I think they will, too, with a different-looking roster coming up this year. But we got to get to our bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we'll talk Auburn football in the running back commit from today. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067 as we transition from basketball into football. We'll talk more basketball later on in hour number two, but we got to get to the news out of Auburn football today as the Tigers pick up a huge commitment in 2024 the their top running back target as of right now in the class of 2024 fat burnett has chosen auburn today he committed at about 11 30 this morning and he is an auburn tiger and this guy is an absolute stud he will be one of the best auburn guys one of the best high school commits to come to auburn at the running back position in a long time yeah, I mean, he's a really big uh, back, something we haven't seen in a while at Auburn with the just pure size that he has. Uh, he's going to be a different player, and and I'm excited about it. I mean, a four-star guy, um, number two running back in the state of Alabama. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of comparisons to a mini Derrick Henry kind of things like that. Um, this is somebody that's been talked about a lot for – uh, Auburn. He's been hinting at a potential Auburn commitment for months, and um, frankly, I don't know why it has taken to this point. But now he is on board, and I'm really not. I'm not even sure he's the number one running back on the board for Auburn. And and uh, I mean, he seems to be at least somewhat a, uh, aware of that because I think Auburn expects to take two running backs in this class. Uh, him being the number two running back in the state of Alabama, he gave a quote to friend of the program, um, Christian Clemente, that he's trying to bring the number one back in the state with him. Kevin Riley uh, out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, he told him to come home. Uh, He wants the both of them together. They are the, I think depending on where you looked, I think they're the number 10 and number 9 players in the state of Alabama. They're number 10 number 7 running backs in the country, and both are right around that top 150, I think, 
Fat Burnett is uh, 153. Kevin Riley's 112. So that would be a heck of a tandem if you get those two. You'd have to pull him out of Tuscaloosa. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's certainly intriguing to think about those two uh, together in the backfield at Auburn. Um, and it'd be a great one-two punch for, for the future if you can figure out a way to do that. Uh, but I think that this is a great step for Auburn. Auburn's continuing to build this class. Auburn hasn't had a commit in a little while, but this will build some momentum. And I know that they're having guys on campus. Uh, they've had so many people on campus. They've made big moves with so many different players. It feels like uh, Cam Coleman, um, Perry Thompson, Sterling Dixon, um, Riddick as well, the linebacker committed to Georgia. All of those guys have been on campus. Uh, they've been talking a lot about Auburn. They've been on multiple visits. Fats targeting a bunch of them. Uh, he says as much. He says he's going after Perry Thompson, the Alabama commit, Sterling Dixon, the Alabama commit, and Demarcus Riddick, the Georgia commit as well. He says, quote, we want all of them. Or we, we want them all, rather. Right. And look, if you're an Auburn fan, you have to be excited about what is happening with Auburn football recruiting, just the difference in what we've seen from the previous regime to what we're seeing in a short amount of time with Hugh Freeze. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on Auburn picking up the running back commit for 2024, Fat Burnett, uh, who is the second running, the second ranked running back in the state of Alabama. And as Carter was talking about, actively recruiting the number one running back in the country and Auburn's quarterback of the future as he's been tagged, Walker White, continues to recruit guys across the state and across the South trying to get people to come to Auburn. And he congratulated Fat Burnett today on his commitment to Auburn. And that's what you love to see is guys that once they commit to Auburn, not only have they bought in for their future, they're trying to convince other people and other guys why they should come to Auburn as well and why the future, in their opinion, is really, really bright here at Auburn. And so I think that is something Hugh Freeze and this staff should be excited about. It's something they should be proud of. And again, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, 334-321-1390. And yeah, it had been a little bit since Auburn had a commitment, but what a big one to get. And as you mentioned, already actively recruiting the number one running back in the state out of Tuscaloosa, who obviously has the Alabama ties up there actively recruiting him what a one-two punch that would be to have the two best running backs in the state be on your roster in 2024 yeah i mean this is this is huge and and you're looking to continue to build momentum uh i think it 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 won't be as long before auburn lands another commitment Uh, i think if you look on on three auburn is all the way up to the number 13 class in the country just ahead of um texas a&m a couple spots ahead of Deion sanders in colorado by the way uh, hey that's and I think maybe there's somebody else right there Arkansas as well just behind the likes of Oregon Clemson LSU Tennessee but Auburn's not gonna stay stand pat with uh that ranking I think we're gonna continue to try to climb the ranks um and they've had a lot of the uh best players in the state of Alabama on campus here recently and uh and they've got a chance to I think I'm starting to get this feeling that this might have a chance to be um, maybe a way better class, first full class than we ever thought um, Hugh Freeze could have. Because 
There are four five stars in the state of Alabama right now. Jordan Ross at Vestavia was just on campus. Uh, Perry Thompson was just on campus, and he, I think he may have had a quote where it's like, "If I, if I went somewhere besides Alabama, it would be Auburn." And like, is given quotes that you don't normally see Alabama commits give. Um, they don't normally answer hypothetical questions like that. Cameron Col- Coleman at Central Phoenix, another wide receiver. Uh, I think he either is, he might still be on campus, but I know he was on campus at some time in the last couple of days. Uh, I think he said that, that Auburn's going to be at the top the whole way. Um, there's a chance to make a lot of noise in this first class for for Hugh Freeze, and I think it you could be pretty pumped about it if you're an Auburn fan. Yeah, and and again, when you look at Fat Burnett in particular, the number two running back in the state who committed to Auburn today in the class of 2024, he is what you think of when you think of Auburn running backs. He is big, he is fast, and he is physical. And that's what Auburn has had in the past. Think about the guys who have been the best of the best here in the last 15 years at Auburn. Like, this guy is built to do that and obviously you have to wait and see what he becomes and how he finishes out his high school career and if he may even be bigger by the time he gets here than what he is now and what he will end up being and what the running back room will look like when he's here in 2024 again actively recruiting the number one running back in the state who's ranked above you that's a very mature thing to do in my opinion I mean how often do you see a guy who is ranked in the top five of their position in the state go after somebody ranked above them and want them to come to the same school because they want to be great together I mean that that shows extreme maturity and the wanting to be great and be successful and be a part of a program at Auburn where the mentality seems to be turning and it already has from what we saw with the former coach and coaching staff versus what we're seeing with Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff and so credit to Fat Burnett for actively recruiting Riley who is above him and again I I, that really sticks out to me it's different with Walker White the quarterback you love seeing that too but he's going after other positions he's going after anybody that'll listen to him Fat Burnett is a go-to guy wants to be the number one dude but's going after somebody who's just as good as him maybe even a little bit better that shows a lot to me. It really, really does. I love yeah. to see that. I mean, I I really do love the way that he's uh, – his mentality and the interview that he gave uh, Christian Clemente after his commitment. And shout out to Christian. He's covered this really, really well. He's been oh, on he top has. of this. He's he has been on top of it. 100%. By the way, if you look at it right now, in the last 10 days, the last 10 days, the top 12 in the state of Alabama, according to 247 – Amon Lane is an Auburn commit. I don't know if he was on campus in the past uh, 10 days, but Sterling Dixon, the number 11 player, uh, Fat Burnett, Jeremiah Beeman, Bradley Shaw, uh, Demarcus Riddick, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, and Jordan Ross have all been on campus. That's like nine of the top 12 that are either committed to you or have been on campus in the past 10 days. We never saw that under the last staff never and again it all comes back to what's the selling point of Auburn Auburn and Hugh Freeze has already learned that like he's a great coach and he has a great staff around him but he has realized what it takes to get guys to commit to Auburn football get them to Auburn get them here and the fact that 
it, I know it's wild to say this, but he's actually going after good players and trying to get them to come visit. It's a crazy idea, but it might just work. And so far it is. And so far, Hugh Freeze has done a fantastic job. And I don't think anybody can argue with what he is doing recruiting-wise. And just because it's been a little bit since Auburn picked up a recruit before today, he is putting in the work. I promise. I promise you he's putting in the work. The fact that all those guys you just talked about, the fact that there have been numerous players on campus over the last few days and the last few weeks this speaks to what Hugh Freeze and this staff are doing and today they were rewarded with Fat Burnett their possibly number one possibly number two running back target in 2024 with a lot of room to grow in the class of 2024 so Auburn should be very excited about it I know they are I know they were. How about those five-star wide receiver who, uh, Camp Coleman, who says that Auburn continues to be at the top. He said they're at the top and they've been at the top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, how about that? If Auburn were to go and get a five-star receiver, like that would be massive. And you know what's, um, we haven't even mentioned him because he's a 2025 recruit. There's rumors that he could potentially, um, join the class of 2024, but the the guy who I think is the potentially the player who Auburn can make the most waves with, Ryan Williams, mm-hmm. Alabama commit, who is an Auburn legacy. He won Mr. Football in the state of Alabama as a sophomore. Which That's is insane. Crazy. Insane. He's been on campus recently. And I think he had a ton of personal attention. I think I mean this is a far cry from when he came on visits this past fall and Brian Harson would just like walk right by him and like nobody knew who he was and he's just standing by himself on the sidelines. He's getting Hugh Freeze the other day, I think it was mo- on Monday this week when, when the media was there. I think I heard Zach Blackerby talk about it. Hugh Freeze spent zero time coaching. You want to know why? Because there were a bunch of big name recruits there and he was recruiting the whole time the media was there. Love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, that's that's what it takes to win. You have to build relationships with these high school players as a coach. You have to show them that you care and that you truly do care and you don't want to put on an act. You just want to be a human and connect with these guys on a human level and teach them and tell them why Auburn wants you and why you should want Auburn. And I think that Hugh Freeze and this staff have done a fantastic job of doing that. You saw today, uh, Christian actually just tweeted about it about 15 minutes ago, a four-star receiver in the 2025 class, Dylan Alfred, he got an offer today from Auburn, a four-star receiver. He received an offer after his visit. So Auburn's doing work, and these guys are putting in the effort to go after these guys They're going to pay off, and it's going to be rewarding for these guys, for the players and for the coaches, and you saw that today with Fat Burnett. Here's uh, another thing of note. Do you know who Fat Burnett's cousin is? Alvin Henderson, the number one back Mm -hmm. in the state of Alabama for 2025. And I think they have stated that they would be... I think Alvin Henderson gave a quote that if Fat came to Auburn that he w- it would give him that much more interest in going coming to Auburn as well. It's crazy what family ties and friendships will do. When you get one, you can get it's a lot. It's amazing lie. what effort will do. Effort. Yep. Just trying. Not delegating, not uh, doing, not going out on the road the way that we saw Brian Harson. I mean, we've seen 
we know Hugh Freeze has been to Central High School more times in his four months at Auburn than Brian Harson did in two years. Which is Alabama breeding grounds. Like That is where Alabama goes to get dudes is Central, Central Phoenix City. That school produces ridiculous receivers at a rate that is just insane and they've yeah. got a five-star one right now in cam coleman who's saying a lot of really positive things about auburn yeah and how about auburn high school right here in auburn they produce very very high level guys they were just playing in the state championship game this past year like you have to go and at least recruit the in-town high schools auburn opelika like go and talk to those schools and harson just didn't do that a whole lot but hugh freeze is like hugh freeze understands what it takes and so far so good and uh, again we'd love to hear from you our listeners about the commitment of fat burnett today and how he's already recruiting another running back you got walker white the quarterback of the future quote-unquote is recruiting everybody that'll listen to him auburn is looking pretty good right now in the class of 2024 they pick up the running back Fat Burnett, he committed today, uh, earlier this morning, and uh, what a big pickup for Auburn and Hugh Freeze and Cadillac. I mean, they are doing work right now on the recruiting trail. But we got to get to our final break here in hour number one. We'll come back and wrap it up on the other side. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the first hour here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the Jacob Goetz Carter Bird here on ESPN 106.7 and Want to mention Auburn baseball, who got a much-needed victory last night against Georgia in Game 1 of a three-game series in the second series in SEC play, where early on didn't look great for Auburn. They got down against Georgia, and they ended up coming back late. They went to extra innings, and after a wild game, it was a walked-in run that Auburn was able to get a walk-off walk to beat the Dogs in Game 1, where Auburn made some noise with the bats. They made some noise at the plate. They also made some noise at Georgia as well, maybe trying to get into their heads a little bit. Yeah, we. Uh, you saw Carter Wright. Um, I saw somebody describe it on Twitter as the most aggressive four-pitch walk they've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I believe Because he is, he is talking trash as he steps into the box. He's making faces at the pitcher after every pitch. And on the final two pitches, he is talking trash the into the rest of the at-bat. The rest of the at-bat. Like, he steps in the box, looks at him, and goes, let's go. And, I mean, there's some, there's some edge to that. I mean, um, credit to him. It's a great job to draw the walk. Yeah, and he drew uh, the walk, and then the entire way down the first baseline as Auburn jogged in to win the game, he barked at him the whole way. Now, not actually barked like Georgia fans like to do. He was just yelling at him and, and giving him some more words, which, again, it is a bold move to do that, and credit to him. He drew the four-pitch walk, and by the third one, he basically was like, I dare you to throw me a fastball. Like, I dare you to throw me a strike right now. 
couldn't do it, and Auburn wins it in game one against Georgia uh, in the walk-off walk scenario. But what a what a much-needed win for this Auburn baseball team. After going on the road last week to open up SEC play and getting swept by Arkansas, you get to come home for your first SEC home series, and you get that first win in a dramatic fashion like it was. You had to come back late, survive a couple of extra innings, and then you end up winning with the walk-off walk. Big win for Auburn and a good start in this series. You try to get the series win tonight over at Plainsman Park. I'm not sure if they've adjusted yet for Saturday's game with the weather tomorrow. Uh, maybe not. They may just try to hold off because I think it's, again, supposed to rain in the morning and then clear up in the afternoon. So hopefully they're able to get it in because Sunday's not going to happen. So uh, that's hopefully the plan for them. But again, good way to start for Auburn in the series against Georgia with a win. Yeah, I mean, it's a big opportunity. Big opportunity to bounce back off getting swept by a really good Arkansas team, by the way. Uh, an Arkansas team that thinks in a series with um, LSU. I could be wrong there. LSU, yeah, that series got adjusted a little bit. They're playing right now. They had to move a doubleheader up for, I believe they're playing a doubleheader tomorrow is LSU because of the weather that's going to be going through Baton Rouge. Arkansas is currently up 4-1 to one in the top of the 10th. What a, what a matchup that is. That's two, what, top three teams, top five teams in the country? Depending on the poll, you look uh, top three. Uh, the ESPN app has them uh, has Arkansas as the number five team and LSU as the number one team. So whatever poll they're going off for that. But baseball and softball, there's so many polls out there. It's really yes. hard. Like uh, Auburn was ranked in ranked 13th at one point in one poll and not ranked in other polls in non-conference play this year. Um, that's just how spread out all of these different opinions are, especially early in the year. Yeah, and with Auburn, Auburn having to deal with pitching woes and pitching injuries and, and just dealing with that. And again, credit to them for getting the win last night against a solid Georgia team. I wouldn't say they're anything spectacular, but I do think they're a solid squad. There's You don't mess with anybody out of the SEC. We know that given what is going on this year, but... Again, Auburn gets the win in Game 1 against Georgia. They'll play again tonight at Plainsman Park in Game 2. Try to get the series win uh, in the second series of the SEC season for Auburn baseball. So did want to mention that because there was some drama late last night at Plainsman Park. But out of time in hour number one, stay tuned. Jack Hudden will join us in hour number two. We'll talk some... NCAA Tournament Basketball. We'll make some picks for tonight's game and the Elite Eight Plus. More Auburn football talk coming up at hour number two. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody, on this Friday, March 24th, 2023. Beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area as we get into our number two here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Cutton in the studio once again on a Friday afternoon. Hello, sir. Howdy, boys. How y'all doing? All right, <laughs> doing to, great. Good, all right, buddy. How are you? I swallowed my entire water cup over here. Oh, okay. Well, we can give you a minute if you need to recover. No, but... I'm good. I'm good. Let's roll. Well, I know you've been busy with Auburn High Athletics with uh, Scott Bagwell. Shout out the voice of Auburn High football and baseball getting married this weekend. So congrats to him. Yeah, he on certainly that. is. And that just means I got to pick up the slack, man. They're going to do been there, man. Auburn, been there. Auburn High School baseball tonight on W. Lee 96.3. Got a double header against the 16th ranked in the state. That is, I said, by the way, I said last night on the uh, softball broadcast, I was talking about Beulah, and they've got a really good softball program. And I said, like, oh, they finished as the number three team in the country last year. And I didn't catch it until like a couple words later. And so I was like, that's state, not country, by the way. They're the number three team in the state. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, Hartzell comes in tonight, 20, uh, 2022 6A champions last season. So Auburn gets a state champion coming in. Uh, Going to be a good series tonight. Love to have you flip over to W. Lee 96.3 if you're not paying attention to what's going on over at Plainsman Park tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big win last night. Yes, for it Auburn was. Baseball. Yeah, that's how we wrapped up the first hour. Was talking about uh, the win for Auburn in baseball, getting a big win against Georgia to start off that series. And so, if you missed any of our first hour, we talked a lot of NCAA tournament. We talked to the running back commit for Auburn football and how big that was, and wrapped it up with some baseball conversation. So, if you missed any of that, you can catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. You can find a commercial free right after the show before i ask jack what uh his thoughts are on jamari and fat burnett committing to auburn today jeremiah cobb and fat burnett played each other this past year for a region title have y'all seen the stat line from this game from these two this auburn signee and auburn commit i'm sure it's Bring only it. insane. jeremiah cobb had 84 yards rushing six catches for 187 yards and two touchdowns decent and Fat Burnett ran for 248 and two touchdowns. Good grief. Hey-o. So both of them, they combined for 500 yards of offense between the two of them and four touchdowns in this matchup last this past high school season. All right. Golly. All right. How about that? Well, that's a good transition. We'll start right there. Jack? Heck yeah. Fat Burnett commits today, a big 2024 running back commit for Hugh Freeze. Uh, their first commit in a while, but a big commit nonetheless. Your thoughts on Fat Burnett's committing to the Tigers today? Man, this was so huge because it's and it's not necessarily just the player that he is. I mean, he's the number two back in the state of Alabama, but I think even bigger is the fact that it's once again a year where Cadillac Williams gets his guy. 2020, he had Tank Bigsby. Uh, 2021, Jarquez Hunter. 2022, Damari Alston comes in. Of course, this last year, he gets Jeremiah Cobb, and now, once again, for the fifth year in a row, he's going to be getting his guy, Jamarian Fat Burnett. Uh, Burnett, he he kind of runs. He's a little bit smaller, but he does kind of run like a bruiser, kind of like a bowling ball. Um, it's going to be an interesting one-two punch. With I think he's, with I think he's weighing Burnett weighs two thirty-two right now, brother. I know, but he's like five eleven, isn't he? Oh, like he's like 5'10", six. 5'11"? He's listed at six one. I've, I've heard it. Oh, might I'm be six thinking foot. of I'm thinking of Riley. I'm thinking of the the other yes. back. Yes, you're thinking Sorry, of the number thinking one of Riley, guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Burnett gonna be definitely a bowling ball now. <laughs> there you go. That. Um, but yeah, if you can get him, and then you can go get Kevin Riley. I mean, that running back 
room. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're, you're bringing in Jeremiah Cobb, of course. You're going to have him a while. If you bring in Fat Burnett and another guy in this class, then in 2025, I think you guys talked about it uh, in the past hour, but you go get Alvin Henderson, the number one back in that class. My gosh, that's an RBU. That's an RBU running back room. Yeah. Well, you know, Alvin Henderson is fat burnett's cousin i do yes and they are they have i think talked about i think alvin henderson gave an interview a few weeks ago talking about how they have talked about the potential of playing together in college and if fat came to auburn uh, and this is alvin henderson who previously came on a visit and said anytime cadillac wants me to come on a visit to auburn i'm there like the personal uh, touch that Cadillac and Hugh Freeze gave him that weekend. I mean, it was. He talked about how he never interacted with with a coach and gotten that much personal time uh, that he had with Hugh Freeze that but weekend. That yeah. seems to be a recurring story, though, with between yeah. Hugh Freeze, Cadillac, or anybody on this staff, because there's a lot of good ones. That seems to be the general consensus when recruits come to campus right now is they love the attention they're getting. They love the new facilities that have been built. They love the atmosphere, and they love the mindset and the culture that is Auburn football right now. Well, another thing with that is that when they had was it their junior day or I don't think it was Big Cat Weekend or anything like that but I think it might have been junior day when they had those hundreds of recruits come in and Demary and Fat Burnett's one of them and he comes away with that odd interview that I think it was Justin Hokinson put out or somebody like that and it was basically him saying yeah I didn't really love the do what now it was basically too many people were there yeah yeah I didn't really I, I felt like I didn't get a whole lot of of time with the coaches and I wanted more of that and so a lot of people started thinking oh man he's like he's kind of turning off to Auburn now you kind of thought that there was writing on the wall there and it turns out there wasn't this guy was high on Auburn well if you remember that they were not expecting I mean they expected quite a, a few people because we had uh, Christian Clemente on and he talked about it we had him on that week before that day and then they ended up having uh, like over a hundred more than what they expected guys just showed up yeah. <laughs> they just wanted to see what it was about so they just showed up so I get that I mean you you're a big time recruit and you expect to go to an event and get well you expect to go down here and get pampered a little bit and may and see see what they can offer you and uh you show up and there's hundreds of other kids there but yeah must not have been that big of a deal as fat burnett commits to hugh freeze cadillac williams and auburn football for 2024 you mentioned riley the number one running back burnett's the number two running back in the state riley is the number one running back out of the state up in tuscaloosa fat burnett told him today come home yeah, and that's huge. And I know y'all talked about this. I was listening on the way over, but just wanted to reiterate the point of that's not very common to see a guy at a a position where you only have you know one feature guy usually, maybe at quarterback, at running back. You know, wide receivers are a little different because you've got them all over the field. Um, linemen are a little bit the same, but I mean, your feature positions you hardly ever see that, and that's really cool to see Fat Burnett. Coming out as a number two guy, he's reaching out to the number one guy. He said, basically, hey, come be a dynamic duo with me. I mean, let's let's plug and chug this thing from the get-go as freshmen here. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, and and it, I'd love for Fat to turn into one of those guys that, you know, really recruits for Auburn, really becomes one of the recruiters on this staff. I think that's going to be Walker White for this class. Really? He already but, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's already both is. together. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think that Fat could be that guy if he continues to do stuff like that. Well, a point that you've made, Carter, about running backs in general and what Auburn's running back room could be 
It's important to have multiple studs in the running back room in the SEC rather than just having a Tank Bigsby or rather than just having a Jarquez Hunter. Having multiple guys where you can split it up and you have three or four six to eight hundred yard rushers a year rather than just chugging along and having one carry on Johnson go for 1200 and and you run him into the ground by the time the SEC championship rolls around so hopefully that is what Auburn is going towards now is okay let's go after four or five studs and let's have just the best running back room in in college football and we'll spread this thing out and we're going to be fresh all the way into a playoff run yeah, I mean, I, I I think that that's the way that this game is played now. I mean, you you see, you see schools uh, do that committee approach all over the country. I think Georgia, most notably, has done it. I mean, we've seen all the talented backs that have come through um, that program. I mean, you had at one point in time, you had this is stupid Gurley, Chubb, <laughs> and Michelle on yep. the roster together. Then you had Gurley and uh, or you had Michelle and Chubb together. All the way Chubb, through. I was going to say you had James Cook you had in there. James Cook. Yep. You had uh, why am I drawing a blank on what's his name with the Raiders now? Um, oh, who, uh, Jacobs. Swift. Jacobs? Oh, Swift. Swift. Uh, yeah, Jacobs Swift. is Bama. Yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, right. Swift. Yeah. And Alabama had. I mean, you had you, Derrick Henry, Damian Harris. Um, you had Kenyon Drake. Nah, but like, what, why can't Auburn be that? Like Auburn can be that. Oh, they've been it in the past. And that's what I'm saying. Been Auburn needs to be that again. And I, I think th- that's I think where Auburn's we're going. going. Back to that, yeah. and and I think that this brings us back to my favorite conversation: that the most overrated thing in football is, and Auburn fans fell in love with it because it happened nine years in a row. The thousand yard rusher that was a, that rather, was a Gus Malzahn thing. I'd rather have three guys run for eight hundred yards. I really would. Hundred percent. Than one guy run for. 14, 1500, and I run them into the ground, and a couple guys that run for 400 yards. Yeah, you're looking at total rushing yards for the team, basically. Yes. I mean, you know, if you break it down, if you want to go analytics on this thing, every rushing yard that you pick up is worth, you know, X amount of wins if we want to go into Moneyball. And so the more rushing yards you pick up, you pick up the better. So if your team's got 600 rushing yards in a game, you know, that's much better than a guy going for 100 every single game. Are you about to hit us with? the best flawed logic of all time in football. <laughs> there is teams, a, a teams misunderstanding teams with that, how football works. No, there's <laughs> teams that run the ball more win however much a percent of time more than teams that don't run the ball as much. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, because you have a lead and you're trying to shorten the game and you're trying to, yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah, sense. I, yeah, I can <laughs> bet that. Yeah, I can bet that. Carter, it turns out when you score more points than the other team in football, you win 91% of the time. It works 50% of the time, 100% of the time. But right. um, but no, I I'm, I really do think that Auburn can get back to that point. And we talk about, you bring up those legendary rooms from Georgia, from Alabama, who have just churned turned out NFL talent at the running back position Auburn can get back there that's what you think about with Auburn football that's what I mentioned in the first hour is when you think of Auburn football you think run first you think historic running backs you think of big fast physical running backs and I think that's what Hugh Freeze and Cadillac are going after I think that's what they've gotten already I think you have that on the roster right now and I think it can only go up from here. And with Fat Burnett committing today, trying to go after Riley from Tuscaloosa, the number one running back in the state, and many more in the future, Auburn can get back there. And I think that's what they need to do, especially when you still got Cadillac on this coaching staff. There's so many names in Auburn history that 
can kind of give you a look into what Auburn meant when it used to call itself running back you. And I think some people in the building even still do. But I mean, you know, going back even to the 80s where you had Bo Jackson and Brent Fullwood in the same backfield, then you move on to the 90s, you know, you got James Bostick out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, uh, and I'm why am I drawing a blank now? I've, I've, I've caught a Carter here, but the guy that was here for one, Rudy Johnson comes yes. in 2000, Carnell Williams, Ronnie Brown, Kenny Irons. I mean, and just work through the years, Ben Tate after him, Trey Mason. I mean, you go on and on and on and you can find all these guys that have at least played somewhere in the NFL or were very good college backs. And so Auburn's got plenty of history there. They just got to, I think in the modern era, that's where they need to keep traversing this RBU name, I guess. Auburn's, Auburn's backfield at one point was so good that, uh, it scared off, and he had to leave. Uh, the closest thing I think we've seen to Fat Burnett to come to Auburn in Brandon Jacobs. Ah, yeah, mm. yeah, it's another. I mean, one. He was he was on that roster, and he was sitting behind a bunch of studs, and had to go somewhere else. Another guy that this reminds me of, and this is a name that I haven't heard in a long time. You guys remember Alaric Williams? He was a high school. I com- do. He committed to Auburn. I think this, I want to say this was like in 2019 or something like that. If I remember correctly, and I might not, because Carter, you know, I go up and down on how big guys are between like 20 and 30 pounds but i seem to remember alaric williams being a really similar size is that true no no okay well there six you go. foot 195 195 <laughs> okay well <laughs> never mind nope i was thinking he had the same body type but i guess not well that's all right but anyway fat Burnett commits today to auburn he's already recruiting you saw walker white again the quoted quarterback of the future for auburn be happy for him tweet about it you know glad that he's coming to the plains and how they're he's excited to watch him run i mean you talk about a guy who's actively recruiting walker white is that dude he has not stopped and i continue to say it he is recruiting anybody that'll listen i mean if, if he can get into if he can get your phone number or get into your twitter dms he's going to recruit you to auburn and at least try to get you to come here and so that is very special i think it's something that in today's world of technology social media influence online i think that's really really big for other recruits to see commits talk about their school and be excited about it and try to convince others to put their future in programs as well and you're seeing that right now with guys like fat burnett and walker white who are committed to auburn after burnett commits to the tigers today in the class of 2024 a big big time running back yeah i mean you look at the way that walker white's been so upfront talking about how he's recruiting guys he's going after people non-stop he loves auburn uh now you've got fat burnett who i think has similar feelings, and he's going to try to recruit just as much as Walker White. Uh, Why well, it may not be possible to recruit as much as Walker White, with, based on watching him True. since he committed. Now you've got your running back. You got one of your two running backs that I think you're going to take in this class. You've got your quarterback. Let's see if Auburn can make a dent at that receiver position where That's there's a couple five next. stars in this uh, in state and some other names that have been on campus. I think if you. If you see that those dominoes start falling, this could be a really special Auburn yeah. class. Yeah. The guy down in Foley, Perry Thompson, is one I think that a lot of a lot of Auburn fans should be looking towards. Um, I mean, you know, you got guys all over the place. There's even a 25 guy out of Saraland. He's a I think he's an Alabama commit right now, Ryan Williams, um, down in Saraland, who is going to be one of the biggest names in Alabama high school football, already probably is, um, and is going to be one of the biggest names out of that class. So there's a lot of options coming up for Auburn. 
If they can continue making rounds, like you said, at that running back position, uh, they've got their quarterback of the future. You get a couple of five-star wideouts, then you really start turning the corner into we can be elite. Um, you just got to start getting that. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on Auburn football. We're going to transition into some basketball recapping last night's Sweet 16 action, previewing tonight's Sweet 16 games and the Elite 8 matchups that we know and the potential ones coming up with Alabama playing tonight against San Diego State. We'll talk about all of that coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, guys. How y'all doing? We're doing just fine, Terry. What's up? Um, Beautiful day out there. Yes. If we could do something about the pollen, it'd be even better, though. Well, it's going to rain all weekend, so that'll get it off your car at least. Well, (laughs) true, but... It won't. It's just gonna tick the bees off, and they'll put more on there. Anyway, there you go. Hey, I, I heard a story about Walker White. I want to ask you guys a question. Okay. okay. I heard even when I heard even when coaches are coming to this guy's house, he says, "I'm going to Auburn." Well, can't we talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it, but I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, do you guys believe that? Yeah, I would. Hey, yeah, given with, how with, he with acts, the yeah. way that he has talked about Auburn with the uh, willingness he's been out there recruiting, trying to build a class around him. I, I mean, I love it. I, I believe it. Yeah, it sounds sounds doable. It sounds something a recruit would do, but you know, it sounds kind of like somebody would do it at Alabama. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you know, because I mean, they had for a, for a while there. Yeah, I mean, it's somebody that loves Auburn. It's somebody that believes in what Hugh Freeze and Auburn are doing right now. And not only do they, and I, I've spoken to this multiple times, not only do they believe in it enough to put their future in the hands of this program, but actively recruiting others to put their future in the hands of Auburn football and Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff, which I think takes even more confidence in a program than anything if you're willing to go out and say, look, not only do I trust my football career with them, but you should as well. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is pretty special, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. Um, um, do I need to do it again, guys? Um. <laughs> credit to you terry terry you you were telling me before you came on that you were dealing with some some pollen and allergies so i just thought you were yeah you, we were you just were letting you clear that. your throat man we thought you were just loading up for something else man <laughs> bring it not loading up because i wanted you guys to, to to pat me on the back a little bit uh, <laughs> okay uh, okay now how do you how do you guys feel about tonight i think alabama beat san diego state i've always settled all along i thought they lose to creighton yeah, I think. Like and I, if I was anybody, I want to play Connecticut at all right now. No, I, I wouldn't. No. Yeah, I don't want any piece of UConn right now. If if I'm a team in this NCAA tournament, I think San. And we're going to get into this some more too. But I think San Diego State will give them a game. I think their San Diego State is one of the deepest teams in America, which could. Mm-hmm give Alabama troubles late. And if, they're one of the oldest teams mm, in America. That's deep, the other mm, part of this they're March deep, Madness. They're deep, they're old, and they're physical. And I think those are things that can give Alabama trouble. Now, they've got to find a way to keep up with Alabama offensively and slow Alabama down. I think you got to shut down Brandon Miller. you got to hold him to 15 or less. And even Javon Quinterly, who comes off the bench and does fantastic, uh, you've got to find a way to slow these guys down. But I think San Diego State's going to give them a better game than what people are thinking. Let's see, because they're way out there on the left, because I don't know much about them. 
And they, most people don't. I mean, they're no. twenty nine mm-hmm. and six, though. I mean, they only have six losses on the year. See, what I look at when evaluating some of these lesser known teams is more experience than anything. And San Diego State's kind of been popular for having that type of team. They always seem to have really um, experienced guys. I mean, you look down the roster, senior, senior, junior, senior, junior, senior, a couple of freshmen, then you go senior, junior. I mean, down the list all the way, it's guys, it's upperclassmen, it's guys that have been in college basketball for a long time, and that plays in March. I mean, that plays really well in March. You see some of these younger teams, they get to the tournament after long runs in the regular season, and they drop within you know the second or third round because they just hadn't been there before. Which yeah. we've talked about with Alabama being a possibility. I mean, if you want to talk about experience in this matchup, this San Diego State team is 21st in the country in experience. I think the average... Uh, time in d1 experience is 2.96 years uh alabama's 257th at 1.54 years and that's with javon quinterly who's been in college for 75 years so their experience is basically double yeah <laughs> yes that's almost a rarity nowadays to be that experience yeah it is yeah. it really is it, it, it well, really is that's really well, odd i mean Terry, I'm I'm not sure about that. With the COVID year, you we've seen a bunch of teams. Well, true. We we saw Memphis had a player, a key player in their tournament game that's older than Joe Burrow. That's how crazy <laughs> it is. He was 26 years old playing a college basketball game. My goodness, <laughs> that's a that's a man. That's not even a college student anymore. That's a grown man playing basketball. You know, I'm almost, almost above the belief that Alabama's basketball has kind of adopted a, a theo a, the, a theme. From Alabama football, they, if you notice, when they jump on people and stomp on them real quick, they get put them down and keep them down. Mm-hmm. But if you hang with them, if you hang with them, you can you can make something out of it. I and think that's a know, that's a good observation. I, that, that that's, that's something that I don't know why they why that is. They'll go on a run. So if you can play smart, and I would think an experienced laden team to play real smart and can keep keep everything in front of them. They can be very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of experience, I think I knew this, and I I double checked it. One of the hottest teams in the country uh, late in the year this year to make the tournament, and we saw what they did to Texas A&M. Penn State, number one in experience wow. in the country at 4.09 years. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's insane. Mm, that is that golly, that's incredible. They yeah. have, I think, four freshmen on the team, and then everybody else except for two guys are seniors, and I think they're multi-year seniors. Right, like, like you'd have to have six and, six and five-year year guys. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's, that's phenomenal right there. That really is. Okay, so that, that brings up the question, and I, I know we're running out of time on the break, but that brings up the question, and Terry, I want to know what you think, too. Is there something there with experience, Where and I heard somebody talking about this the other day, where – does that make you want to keep some of these guys on the current Auburn team due to an experience mattering in college basketball? Unless his last name is Green. <laughs> I knew it. I was waiting for I it. I knew that was coming. In I was some waiting capacity. for it. Because, yeah. well, I did hear that point, I think it was actually yesterday from somebody, and it was basically saying, you've got Auburn guys, I think it was Hoke again, You've got Auburn guys now who have been with this, this program for two years. They've been on the same team. You know, you got Katie Johnson with you, Wendell Green, uh, Jalen Williams, of course, has been here a long time. And so you've got guys that have built up chemistry over the years, and maybe you didn't see it, you know, produce as much this year. But what if they're around three, four years? They've been playing together for a while. Does that do anything to help you? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Uh, would you please not mention that name when I'm on the phone, Jack? <laughs> because. I mean, it, You're talking it, about Jalen Williams, right? No, not at all. 
<laughs> I mean, it, I just, it's just, it's just, it's been done to death. And I just, I, I see your point. It's a valid one, but, but, um, I don't know. It was just, it just, I'm not being, you know, I'm of the piece that they're going to be bad at some point. They're going to, they're going to continue to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. That, that's just, that's, that's just the way that, I mean, you got to see the similar the, the example of somebody getting better first. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now that you mentioned that name, I'm going to go scratch. You guys have a great weekend. <laughs> appreciate right. it, Terry. Have a good weekend. We appreciate the call, Terry, joining us on the phone lines. Fun yeah, but fact that, right here, if if this is true, I got to check the last team, Princeton. Princeton is actually the youngest team left in the tournament right now. Which really? They are a 15 seed, so I am a little curious about that. But uh, Alabama and Houston are the next two youngest teams. Everybody wow. else is at least half half a year older than them on that average. surprises me about Princeton because that means they're doing it with like freshmen and sophomores who or transfers recruited to the Ivy League right but they either got recruited or they're sophomores one year in college yeah That's we'll awesome. talk about all the games coming up when we come back you are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Cutton. You got to dip out soon, don't you, Jack? I do. 15 minutes or so. Okay. I'm going to leave you all, all right. hanging for all the right. last few minutes. Okay. Yep. Auburn High Baseball coming up at 4.30 today. Doubleheader versus Hartzell on uh, WLE 96.3. So tune on over there if you're not listening to Auburn baseball at Plainsman Park. Yeah, you got a doubleheader today and another game tomorrow, right? You've had a busy That's couple it, of days, man. Yeah, I had Auburn softball the last few days. That t- that team, i got to give them a quick shout-out. They're 14-1-1 and on the season playing really good softball. That's They're awesome. Ranked, ranked 12th in the state right now. Um, Auburn High School among all classifications. So ladies are playing really good ball. The guys have struggled a little bit out of the gate here, but um, a really good opportunity against the Hartzell team that has some state championships on its mantle. Yeah, well, a busy weekend for you uh, at the ball field but talking some NCAA tournament basketball as the Sweet 16 rolls on tonight and then the Elite 8 coming up this weekend and the only game we haven't had a chance to talk about from last night was the other thriller between UCLA and Gonzaga where UCLA jumped on Gonzaga early right they jumped on them. They were more physical. They were more dominant. They were just the better team in this game. Now, Drew Timmy did Drew Timmy things. And this guy is really, really good. Whether you like him or not, he's really, really good. And UCLA let him have a field day. But the Bruins continued to just build a lead. They got up by 13 in this game they were up double digits at the half Uh, it was a 10-point game in this matchup and then all of a sudden UCLA in the second half said you know what we're good we're done we're just gonna quit scoring and they went 12 minutes without hitting a shot from the floor 12 and they let Gonzaga come back take a 10-point lead on them then Gonzaga blew that and let UCLA come back All of this to be said, Gonzaga hits a logo deep three from the ocean and buried it. A horrible shot, but he absolutely buried it. And Gonzaga ends up winning what was a wild finish last night in Las Vegas, 79-76. The Zags moving on to the Elite Eight. You want to know what that final play was? Yes. It was the, the Villanova buzzer yeah. beater to win the national championship. Uh, yeah, that yeah, same play. It was mirrored. Yeah. yeah, it was mirrored. And they executed it to perfection. And credit to UCLA 
with 1.1 on the clock, they inbound the basketball at half court. They turn to the right, it's toss 1. it. Yeah, it they put. It yeah. wasn't corrected on the TV broadcast. Yeah, it was 1.4. You're so right. I thought they were crazy for trying to make a pass off of a 1.1 left in the game. Yeah. It was 1.4. Got the pass. And I'll let you pick up from there. Yeah, buddy. and they they tossed it off like a shovel pass to the right to uh, to Tiger, Tiger Campbell. Campbell, and he launched it. He, I mean, look, he was about forty feet from the basket, oh, but yeah. he launched it. It was open, and it clanked off the back iron, and Gonzaga wins seventy nine seventy six. I'll say this before we move on to tonight's games: UCLA was the better team. They were the better team. Drew Timmy played out of his mind. He had thirty six points, thirteen rebounds. The dude went nuts, but. UCLA was the better team, but credit to Gonzaga, yet again, they find a way to win, and they're on to an, another Elite Eight, which it's impressive for that program. you got to give it to them. Do we think that Drew Timmy is going to be no. all that in the NBA? No. no. I just can't see it. I mean, he, he uses about 19 steps to get open underneath <laughs> consistently. Uh, I don't think he's going to be strong enough underneath, I guess, to do those post moves, kind of that bully move that he does. I will say he's got some good post moves um, because I think he's good at kind of the – you almost saw it with Walker Kessler, kind of the up and under from from up high. It was almost like that. So um, I think Timmy's got a few moves like that. But if there's a guy that you said, who is the modern-day Christian Leitner? Because there's that there's that 30 for 30 on ESPN. Yeah. Essentially titled, I Hate Christian Leitner. And somebody on the broadcast last night said, oh, everybody in America loves you, Drew Timmy. And Gerard and I, you talked about that. We were like, no, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> right. I, well, I certainly don't love Drew Timmy. <laughs> but he is good, and he had a, a historic performance last night in the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga in one of the three great games last night. Incredible finishes in Gonzaga, UCLA, FAU Tennessee, and Kansas State and Michigan State. So teams moving on to the Elite Eight. But we got more games tonight, gentlemen, including the game beginning at 5.30. San Diego State, the five-seed, one-seeded Alabama. Crimson Tide favored by seven in this first game of the evening. We were talking about it with Terry just a few minutes ago. I think the San Diego State team can give Alabama a run. I think they can give them a push. And as we were getting into the NCAA tournament before we saw the bracket where Alabama didn't have to play a whole lot of elite competition, we kept saying there will be a game where Alabama trips up. There will be a game where they don't play well offensively. Somebody will get them. They are a beatable team. Now, since the bracket came out, Alabama hasn't had to play the best of the best. They've played solid teams, but I think the San Diego State team, if they play their best basketball, can pull the upset tonight against Alabama. San Diego State on the season has only six losses. Two of them were at the Maui Invitational to Arizona and to Arkansas. That's the, a full-strength Arkansas the team, too. Arkansas loss was only by four in overtime. Um, they've also lost to St. Mary's, had a loss to New Mexico. So down the list, and then Nevada. So, I mean, down the list, they've lost to good teams. Boise State also. They've lost to tournament teams down the stretch. Everybody else they've handled I really think this is a sneaky one for uh, San Diego State and Alabama. I think San Diego State pulls this off. Wow. I've got the Aztecs moving on to the Elite Eight. Wow. I'm 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 with him. Wow. I'm with him. I think this is going to this is going to be an uglier game than Alabama likes to play 
Uh, these are two great defenses. This is the number three defensive team in the country in Alabama versus the number six defensive team in the country in San Diego State. You look at San Diego State down the stretch, playing some pretty good teams in the Mountain West Conference, yeah. uh, in the conference tournament, and in the NCAA tournament in Charleston and Furman. They haven't allowed more than 60, uh, than 66 points. Really, actually, scratch that. They haven't allowed more than 61 points. Since February 28th, when they lost oh, on wow. the road to Boise State, a tournament team. I don't yeah, care who you're playing. That's good. impressive. But they've been, they allowed 61 to Colorado State, 49 to San Jose State, 57 to a a Utah State team that was good and Check, made the tournament. tournament. Team, yeah. Check out that Fresno State game. The Fresno State game? Oh, yeah, where they held them to 43? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a really good defensive team. In the tournament, though, once we've got to the NCAA tournament, 57 points for Charleston and 52 points for Furman. There you go. So I think this San Diego State team is going to make this game a little bit more uncomfortable for Alabama than people realize. I think they're going to defend Alabama really well. Seven points is a ton on the line. Oh, yeah. A ton. It was up to seven and a half at one point. Mm -hmm. I think San Diego State might sneaky get this done. I think the SEC... It's going 0-3 in the Sweet 16. Mm, wow. Aztecs have three wins over a team that Missouri beat them, but I thought was really sneaky good coming into this as Utah State. It's a really experienced team, really good shooting team. They've got three wins over them this season. That's mm. impressive. Look, San Diego State, extremely physical. We've already talked about how experienced they are. And Alabama is not very experienced. They have a lot of young players, including Brandon Miller, who is a freshman. And you look at this Alabama team and what they've had to do so far in the NCAA tournament, they haven't had to do much since they've gotten into this NCAA tournament. They've gotten two wins of double digits, and neither one of them were close. And so, like Terry said, I think it's an interesting point. If you can keep it close with this Alabama team, it seems like you've got a shot, and it seems like that you can beat them if you make this a game for 40 minutes. And I think San Diego State can. What worries me about the Aztecs, they turn it over almost 12 times a game, which is not a ton, but that's one thing you cannot do against this Alabama team is turn the ball over and give them easy run-out points because they will demolish you if you give them easy points in transition. Here's what I think might turn into the key of this game. Alabama falls in love with the three. San Diego State is the fourth best three-point defense in the country, allowing opponents to hit 28.7% of their threes. Alabama has a cold night tonight. Watch out for the Aztecs. Mm. That's good, man. That's mm. a good pick. I, I like the pick. I just It seems like this is a very sneaky game for Alabama. The San Diego State team is... Like once again, that experience, I'm all about that. I think that they really play well in the defensive end. I don't think Alabama's seen a team that is this I don't, just experienced. I mean, that, that's the thing I keep going back to is this experienced. I don't think they've really seen it all year. I mean, you've got some SEC teams that have some older guys, but not like this San Diego State team. This feels just kind of random. In three-point shooting offense, San Diego State is 174th, shooting 34.0%. Alabama, 172nd, uh, shooting 34.1%. Alabama's the number three three-point shooting defense. 
San Diego State is the number four three-point shooting defense. So they really mirror each other almost exactly yeah. in terms of their, their three-point shooting numbers. Which, if that holds up, then you're looking at an inside game where, again, San Diego State, they will bully you. They will play that Tennessee style of basketball. Maybe not to the football style of Tennessee, but pretty close. And yeah. what can what can San Diego State do to out physical Alabama and make them uncomfortable make Betty Ako uncomfortable and make them finish at the rim because again Alabama's not a good shoot three-point shooting team but they just shoot a lot of them and eventually you shoot enough of them they're gonna fall and so this should be a really fun game you both have San Diego State you know what I'll jump on it too San Diego <laughs> State a win tonight I don't like a seven point spread for Alabama and I'll jump on it San Diego State beats Alabama in my prediction the other games Jack I know you got to dip out in just a few yeah, minutes bring it. Uh, which one of these out of the three remaining do you want to talk about you got Houston Miami Princeton Creighton and Xavier Texas I think that Texas Xavier game has the potential to be really good um, agreed you know I do think I'm I picked Texas to uh, win this whole thing and I think I'm sticking by that Something about them feels really solid. Um, you know, Serge Barry Rice has been really good in the tournament as much as all year as he has been. Um, they've got some wins over Kansas this season. Uh, I think that that path is starting to set up well for Texas because they go through Xavier. Then you get either a Miami or Houston team, both of which I'm not all the way sold on. And then you meet into the Final Four. You know, you're going to have Gonzaga, which I think has some question marks about him. And then that championship game, if Alabama falls tonight, who are you going to have there? So this is starting to set up well for Texas. We'll see if they can get past Xavier. But Yeah, well, we got to get to a break, Jack. I know you got to run. You got Auburn High. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of the show. Carter, we'll give our final four predictions because this time on Monday, we'll be talking about a final four. We'll talk about that and wrap up the Friday edition of the show when we come back. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird in the ESPN 1067 studio. We appreciate Jack Hudden joining us in the studio. Are you still hanging out, Jack? I thought you had to leave. Well, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting some stuff together here, but <laughs> I, had to, I thought that was hysterical. Carter and I started talking about this during the break, but... If Kansas State wins a national championship, do we get to do we get some sort of bragging rights? Not on do this get, show. Do we get to do something? <laughs> 100% we do. Kansas State's yes, been our you, school. We've it, been email since the beginning. Yeah, man. you guys have been with them since football season for some reason. And, and they're going to be sick again at football. Yeah. And then, win the Big 12. And then we weren't for two weeks. Again. And then. Look, and then Kansas we State is good, man. They, they have a good chance to make the Final Four when they take on FAU. I mean, good for them. So before we realized Kansas was good until everybody got hurt, when they lost to Kansas, we were like, uh, we're not sure about this. <laughs> <laughs> Started questioning your decision. <laughs> we wanted, yeah. who was it? The backup quarterback for Kansas. We were like, Jason oh, Bean. we can't wait until he comes to Auburn. Is, is Brett <laughs> yeah. Favre. And you came in and balled out. Oh, my goodness. Well, just slinging it around the yeah yard. he was yeah he was good for him man had I'll... to make sure we got the kansas state flashback to football season man but mm-hmm. hey wle 96 three auburn high school yes. baseball i'm headed over there right now i uh, appreciate you guys having me and i'm gonna dip out yeah appreciate you jack it's always good to talk to you and uh carter you and i will make our uh, final predictions for the games tonight and we got to make final four picks because again on monday we'll have a final four with the elite eight taking place tomorrow and on sunday we already have two matchups fau 
versus Kansas State, UConn versus Gonzaga, but the Sweet 16 games tonight will determine the other Elite Eight games, and then we got to pick a Final Four. So we both have San Diego State beating Alabama tonight. I think we both have Creighton beating Princeton tonight. Yes. Okay. Like, like Princeton, it's been really fun. Proud of you guys. Amazing. Love it. But this is a preseason top 10 team you're going yes. up against. Creighton is going to win this game tonight. How about Houston-Miami? This one, I'm doing it, man. I'm going Miami. I don't know why. I don't, I'm not impressed by this team, but I'm not impressed by Houston either. And I think Miami gets the upset. They're a seven and a half point favorite. Seven and a half. It's bigger than the Alabama San Diego State line. I don't like that. I don't like that. Give me Miami. I'll take Miami, too. Give me Miami. Absolutely. Isaiah Wong is going to go off for 30. For no reason. For absolutely no reason. It'll happen. The game of the night, Xavier, Texas. Three-seed Xavier, two-seeded Texas. I like this Xavier team a lot. I like a team from the Big East. I think they play really well. I just have a feeling that Texas is going to roll in this game. I'm taking the Longhorns. I just think they get it done. I'll be pulling for Xavier, but I think Texas gets it done. It's a matchup of two of the oldest teams in the country. Uh, Texas is the sixth oldest team out there, and I think that's why they were able to weather the storm of the season with the Chris Beard stuff. They're a top 15 offense and a top 10 defense, and you got to be good at both to win the national championship, to make a Final Four. They're going to get this win. Um, I know it's a good offensive team for for Xavier, number seven offense in the country, but I think it comes to an end for my uh, fellow Mountain Brook alum, Colby Jones. Yeah, they just haven't looked good in the first two games, man. They just really haven't. They've struggled to get past Kennesaw State and Pitt, and I'm going to take Texas. And to go ahead and give Final Four predictions, I'm going to take Texas to beat Miami to get to the Final Four out of that portion of the bracket. I I like the Longhorns to make it to Houston. Jack says Princeton over Creighton, by the way. Oh, Um, well, that's wrong, but that's okay. (laughs) That is wrong. Um, (laughs) Well, in that side of the bracket, we have San Diego State versus Creighton. I'm taking the Blue Jays to make the Final Four. I'm taking Creighton in that one as well. We got to disagree somewhere. I'm taking Texas over Miami um, in that one. I'm taking Kansas State over over FAU, baby. Let's go. And then UConn, I think, is going to smoke Gonzaga. Smoke them. I don't like UConn. I think UConn UConn is going to win the national championship. Wow. Having watched them this entire tournament, they have looked like the best team in this tournament in my mind. Well, the fact that we agree on all four of these, it's like the college game day crew on ESPN. Something is bound to go wrong here. And so... Pick FAU. Come on, do it. No, I'm not picking FAU. (laughs) I'm not picking FAU. I'm taking Kansas State over FAU. I'm taking UConn big over Gonzaga. Drew Timmy's not going off for 36 points. UConn will actually be smart and realize how to guard him and realize he's the best player. Make somebody else beat you and they will get it done. UConn will make it to the Final Four. You know what? I'm going with Xavier. I'm taking Xavier over Texas. I'm going backwards. I'm going to take Xavier, and I'm taking them to the Final Four. Yes, you're going to have three Big East teams in the Final Four. I have Creighton. And no one seeds in the Final Four. No one seeds. Creighton, Xavier, UConn, Kansas State. That's my Final Four. Wow. How about it? There will be um, – that'd be interesting where the the – Best seeded team in your final four will be what? K State uh, and Xavier as a three seed. You're right. You're right. Th- your your best seed will be a three seed. Yeah, 
Why not, man? I think that Texas team is just too good, too experienced. Um, I think this UConn team is so good. I That matchup in the Final Four is going to be unbelievable. Yes. That's what I've got coming out of that side. Uh, and the winner gets to play... Uh, Oh, gosh, I was going to say Creighton, but I'm going to say Kansas State for the sake of the bit. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're sticking with it, man. At least you're sticking with it. Well, here's the thing, though. This tournament's been so crazy, and it's been so unpredictable that you can't just – I feel like you just can't go chalk here because you just never know. I mean, FAU is in the Sweet 16. No, they're in the Elite Eight. FAU is in the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. You've got Creighton playing in the Sweet 16. You have San Diego State, who is a good program historically with a good chance to beat Alabama. Like, this tournament has been nuts. And I just think if you went chalk here, you've got a good chance of being wrong, given what this tournament's been this year. Yeah, I mean, it's... This has been the least chalky tournament in a long time, and I think it's going to continue tonight. It's going to continue tonight if if we're right, because we've got the two one seeds going down tonight. Yeah, which, again, I'm not impressed by Houston. I'm just not, and Miami continues to play well. I don't think Kelvin Sampson, the Houston head coach, is all that impressed by his team. I think he has a quote. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to say the full thing, but we've been really uh, insert expletive for very long <laughs> stretches of time. Like, they're not good all of the time. They can be awesome, but they're not consistent enough for me. We got a couple minutes just to have fun. If Auburn would have played well in that second half against Houston and closed out that win. Yeah, if you make free throws in that game and Auburn was setting up to play Miami tonight in the Sweet 16, would you like Auburn in that game? No, not at all. No. We saw this last year. We saw what Isaiah Wong, how much faster he is than the Auburn guards. It would have been the same thing. And there's no Jabari Smith this year. Yeah, it would have been the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd feel very good about Auburn playing Miami tonight if they had beaten Houston, but you just never know. But that's not the case. Houston and Miami tonight, Alabama and San Diego State, Creighton, Princeton, and Xavier, Texas. Those are the games tonight, and we picked our final four. It's going to be fun, man. I hate that it's already this far into it because it means it's almost over, but it's just been a, it's been so much fun to watch this tournament, more than I have had in a long, long time. Yeah. No, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Uh, I'll I'll say this to make you happy as well. If Northwestern had beaten U- UCLA, they would have beaten Gonzaga last night. <laughs> you think so? You think so? You think they would have realized, hey, we should guard Drew Timmy? Yeah. Hey, we should score in a 12-minute span? <laughs> like, unbe- I've never seen anything like that in my life. We were robbed of a Kansas State-Northwestern national championship. The battle of the purple and white. Purple and, purple and white Wildcats. Purple and white Wildcats. How about that? Mm-hmm. The basketball gods just didn't want it. They didn't want it, man. They they knew they knew the basketball fans could not handle the purple and white Wildcats of Kansas State and Northwest. Before we get out of here, here are Jack's picks that he has texted in. FAU. Glad he's texting while he's uh, UConn. May or may not be driving over there. San Diego State and Texas are his final four. Say that again. FAU, UConn, San Diego State, and Texas. So after you guys sat here and gave me. A bunch of heat about Kansas State. He's picking FAU. I don't know why he's doing that. It's really, it's really <laughs> ruining the uh, bit. Yeah. Well, get your guy on the same page, man. Well, no. Hey, he is now off the bandwagon. I'm still on it. We're good. Okay. We'll see, man. It's gonna he be a great no weekend. Claim them. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a great weekend of college basketball. Enjoy it. We'll be back here on Monday, 2-4, to four, talking about all of the games, previewing the Final Four, and so much more. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.